computer. Okay. Um, we are live. Wait. Uh, okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. We are live. Yes. It says I had to ask you permission to record, but it says we're recording. Oh. Okay. Okay. Hey, we're Hi, back everyone. with another Zoom episode. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's been a while since uh, we've recorded any podcasts. I think maybe even over a year, definitely over a year uh, since wow. we recorded our last podcast. But I'm glad we're getting back on the horse and uh, we have a, a guest who we will introduce in a second. But right. um, yeah, <laughs> nice to do this again, Fiona. It's been a while. Yeah, back on Zoom. Lo- love to see it. Um, always here for it. Uh, can't get enough of it. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, so um, I'll just briefly introduce our topic tonight. So um, uh, I'm Fiona, you just heard from Ben, and um, we are talking tonight about a book that um, we've been reading um, called Polysecure, uh, and the little subtitle is uh, Attachment, Trauma, and Consensual Non-Monogamy. It's a book by Jessica Fern. Um yeah, so we're just going to dive in, and uh, we have with us tonight Harry, uh, who is our honored and esteemed guest, who is also reading the book. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Happy yeah. to be here. Harry, so um, is this your first podcast that you've been on? Yes, indeed. Wow. <laughs> Pop of the podcast, Cherry. <laughs> the honor is completely ours. No, oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm You're excited. Our- Oh, sorry. What? No, I said I'm excited. Yeah, you're our like um, fourth guest, I think. Okay. Long yeah. Lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, other other guests have included my sister uh, and uh, our friends. So. Right. Um, Glad to be a part of the group. Yeah. So yeah, we're talking tonight about a topic that's near and dear to all of our hearts um, that we probably all spend way too much time thinking and talking about in our everyday lives. Uh, But you know, we're gluttons for punishment and just want to talk about it some more because we can't get enough of it. Uh, So yeah, I guess just like, why don't we start off with um, uh, where everyone, (laughs) has everyone finished the book? No, <laughs> I don't think anyone has. Great, nobody has. Okay, that's wonderful. So, I think we should say like the, the book that we were talking about is a book called Polysecure mm-hmm. uh, by Jessica Fern. Uh, maybe you already showed. Already it. Okay, I'm it. sorry. <laughs> I was not paying attention. <laughs> we're off to a great start. Good job. Here. Good job. We're I, we're just dusting off the cobwebs. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a long many, many uh, communication issues that we all. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but okay, so uh, we could, we'll, we'll get into it in a second, just sort of like maybe some more targeted questions about the book, but like, how's, how's everyone liking it? Like, do y'all, are y'all liking it? Are you, um, what are your like first impressions reading it? What sticks out? It's got really great fonts and the pages are like nice and thick, <laughs> so you kind of move through the book pretty quickly. Um, I like the way it's structured. First, talking about attachment theory before wading into the waters of, you know, CNM, uh, and then, uh, you know, going into non-monogamy and then kind of synthesizing the two things into attachment theory and consensual non-monogamy. Um, and then I think the last section, which I haven't started yet, is kind of like a toolkit for going forward and all that. So it was kind of using a, like, 
established psychological framework to a very understudied um, relationship style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In particular, a note on the font, it's a uh, poly and then secure is italicized, just really emphasizing that uh, that is the end point. If, if you read this entire book, you will become poly secure. That's why I bought it. That's why we all bought it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember seeing it on the counter when you were over that one time and was like, oh, this looks really good. And um, yeah, it just, it seemed really intriguing. And I've, I've been liking it a lot so far. Um, like I think you had mentioned some of the beginning stuff about attachment theory. I was like, okay, yeah, I've like heard of this before. And, um, but, you know, certain things were framed a little bit differently and that I appreciated. And so far there's definitely been a lot of little helpful insights going into it. And even kind of funny sometimes where I'm reading a chapter and it's directly relating to things that are currently going on. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is perfect and very helpful right now. Um, so yeah, I've been enjoying it a lot so far. I was happy. I was in New Mexico uh, the other week and just had a lot of time to really dig into it. And uh, yeah, yeah, I've been loving it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the things I was wondering as I was thinking about this episode tonight was uh, what everyone's exposure to attachment theory has been, um, like mainstream attachment theory, as I think it's referred to at one point in the book. Um, I know that like I just sort of uh, have a passing interest in that as a general topic. You know, gen generally, if I run across somebody with just like some issues, I'm, I just want to ask them like, what's your trauma, man? <laughs> what was your childhood like? Well, you should be a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. your level of, 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 of curiosity is yeah. abundant compared to me <laughs> uh but it i think yeah I, uh anyway um before we move on from that like uh i, I can start like i um i generally i have a passing familiarity with like uh dismissive attachment uh insecure and, and you know secure is supposed to be the gold standard you're like Okay. Uh, actually, I think there's this like um, uh, website where you can uh, test your attachment styles and it like shows up on a grid and you're like with all the relationships in your life that you list, you know, so like my mom and my dad and my sister and my partners and everything. I just sort of like tested my, saw where, where everyone was on that grid. And it was like, oh, you have a lot of secure attachments. And then there's this, you know, the insecure and the avoidant. But yeah, that's, that's, uh, what about y'all? Have you looked into it very much? I had, I have, I had heard of concepts like dismissive attachment, avoidant, and then secure. That's about it. I, I didn't really even have a full understanding of what they meant. I just had kind of like, you know, caricatures of like, not too far this way, not too far that way, but just right, you know, secure. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's sort of the framework, uh, I, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think um, I got into it probably early 2020 after a really difficult breakup, which prompt prompted me to learn a lot about relationships and myself and how I attach to others and whatnot. Um, I can't remember if it was through therapy learning about that, but yeah, it was a lot of the um, learning about anxious attachment style and this and that. Um, 
And yeah, I, th I think I found it helpful at the time because it revealed some issues in the past as far as um, like a pursuit withdrawal thing between anxious preoccupied folks and um, more avoidant types. And um, so yeah, I found it to be pretty enlightening, I guess, in that way. But delving further into this book has definitely opened up, like I said, different like frameworks to look at it through. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wanted to mention real fast that um, my sister introduced me, she got into this uh, YouTuber called, I think it's like Thais Gibson or, or something, but um, T-H-A-I-S, last name Gibson. And she's this lady who just like uh, has all these videos on like how to bring a dismissive avoidant attachment style closer in a relationship. And she just sort of like, go, she sort of uh, goes through each style, each of the four styles and is like, this is how this like shows up in a relationship. So um, there's sort of the step before this book um, in exploring poly, how it applies to poly stuff or other non-monogamous setups. Um, yeah, but, but so this art, this, um, this author uh, really, sort of distinguishes uh between or she 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 draws a line and says like this is mainstream thinking in this sort of like grid format and then I thought it was interesting that you sort of had a visual of it being like a spectrum like oh I don't want to be too far on that side or this side and um she gets into she still has she has like several diagrams which you, you don't really need to go into but she um, she, she like reframes things, um, in terms of like dimensions of anxiety or avoidance, um, like in the beginning, which I thought was kind of interesting, like, and, and then says like, well, it's not really that like insecure is bad. Like she, she does this whole reframing thing, which I thought was really cool. Um, not like saying you're bad for like. <laughs> You're, you're needy, you, you have like a lot of damage and trauma. I'm trying to find the place where like she says that, but um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, any any thoughts there like on how yeah. she frames it? Well, I think there's a lot, a lot more stuff within attachment theory from reading this book that feels very Freudian, frankly, like a lot of like parental figure, like, the relationship you have with your parents is basically the type of relationship that you have with your like partners you know it's, it's not like that simple obviously but in, in terms of like the attachment figure a safe haven the the lack of like a safe haven or something um and how you know anxious attachment is really actually just like a healthy longing for connection and dismissive attachment is really just a healthy longing for independence right. and like this sort of like when you flip the other side of the coin there's like positive aspects that show up in like one one of those or the other it's just that when one goes too far when you go too far into wanting connection or needing that connection or too far into needing independence where you isolate yourself so yeah they, 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 but they both come from healthy places it's just the the imbalance rather than you know, uh, wrong-headedness of your desire or something. Yeah, I appreciated that part of the book as well a lot. Like it all stems from needs that we have as humans to feel autonomous and connected at the same time. But like you said, it's just when it comes from 
these kind of like deeper insecure places that sometimes it can, you know, go the other way as well. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I definitely appreciate that. And then she like brings in trauma as well in the beginning there and, you know, sort of says like there's like one-off trauma, ongoing trauma, um, and, uh, and then we have these like, what she calls like the nested model of attachment and trauma. And she, she like goes through all the different levels um, uh, of um, human experience. Like you experience, like mostly people stick to the, like the self and relational level in terms of like your, uh, your experiences with, with these attachment styles. But like she brings it out to like, your communal level, your societal level, your global level, like what are all the influences in your life that are affecting your relationships? Um, and I mean, that resonates for sure. I, I, I just like that it's not all like past focused, you know, there's, there's ongoing shit that's going to um, affect like our just current selves. It, it, you know, the, the past isn't your, isn't destiny. Um, yeah, I, just say I, I also appreciated or stuff that I found helpful kind of towards the beginning was even calling, labeling it as like preoccupied slash anxious attachment style. Because um, yeah, it does definitely make sense in that way to me at least. And uh, in addition to that, kind of leaning on um, Sometimes I think it's more common and like she was talking about the mainstream kind of media of like labeling yourself or others like I am an anxious attached person. Uh, whereas like I think I used to say that for myself, whereas after reading this book and uh, other stuff, I think it it's more of like the language surrounding it is like I generally have a secure attached style. But, you know, like when I'm exhausted or things are coming up in my life, like sometimes I tend towards a preoccupied um, insecure attachment in that way. So it's just like instead of just fully labeling myself as this one thing, which I don't know, may like lead into self-fulfilling prophecy style stuff. Um, I found just the way that she was labeling it and kind of separating those two to be really helpful for me yeah and like tending towards leaning towards one you might like have another um another incident that brings up another leaning like you might go right, in another yeah. direction um or different people bring bring out different things too <laughs> yeah because this yeah this shit can really become like ingrained like you're you just sort of adopt that as your identity. Like I'm an insecure person and I'm just yeah. really stressed about that. I don't want to be labeled as that, but I'm labeling myself as that. Well, the book says like, they, they talk about like depression too. That like you, you're, you're confusing yourself going through depression with like, I am a depressed person. Like, yeah. I am depression. You know? yeah. Like a behavior is not necessarily your identity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and diagnosis being like, not uh i don't know useful really all the time yeah yeah the thing with labels sometimes it's like like she says in there it can be helpful for someone to like label a behavior and that 
sometimes that gives them a target to work on or like take steps to um yeah figure out different situations for that but it can also go the way the other way of like being a pathology of just like oh no like this is what i am and i'm stuck in this place and can't get out sort of as well so um yeah it's always a little bit of back and forth to me i feel like that's a nice little slight transition or segue maybe into the consensual non-monogamy stuff about like i i think a lot about people who are in consensually non-monogamous relationship styles and you know they listen to shout out multi-amory yeah, we love, we love you guys. <laughs> we, you know, they listen to podcasts, listen to books, you know, all doing these book club things. They have, we have all these new words like mm-hmm. compersion and, um, you know, radar and, you know, like primary, non hierarchical, hierarchical relationship, yeah. anarchy, all these new like words and concepts and, and how like some people just like, they don't need any of that. They can just like go through it. I personally really like all those things because like yeah, I, I I only understand things if I can have like a conceptual like mapping of it. And so that helps to kind of like light up new new places on the map where the map used to be dark, where there used to be, you know, here there'd be monsters, you know? And it's like, no, 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 <laughs> like now we know what's in this, this new part of the map because we have like a roadmap and new words and concepts and and, um you know we have like words to put towards feelings and concepts which we didn't have a name for you know and yeah. validation and validation oh, yes, yeah. yes. that's a big one <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyway that's that's to me is an important kind of like value within consensual non-monogamy this sort of like almost uh, uh um relentless like need for like like exploration but also reflection and like communication and conceptual reflection back and forth with anyone you're involved with yeah which gets at like understanding and I think that is like a big like draw towards this relationship style is just like it requires a lot of communication and the the thing we're all working towards is really just like understanding each other you know we throw these things out we're like hey I want to see this new person. You've never heard of them. Or like, yeah, you know that person. Like you're throwing out some like, no, like none of us are saying that this is like easy, but but like you're sort of, you're through communication, you're able to explore these previously sort of like untenable ideas and arrive at, at a like, um, at an agreement that yeah and, and just like a spirit of exploration yeah i don't know it's fun yeah yeah I mean, it is fun it's it is it can be a lot of work and a ton of communication um but yeah i find the vocabulary to be very helpful and yeah coming to understandings with all these new things because you know we are raised in a mostly heteronormative monogamous world or at least you know here in the states so um jumping into and creating these new spaces and lives for ourselves is brand new and to do that as an adult is like definitely takes a lot of work and mistakes and you know yeah it it can be a lot but I, I keep feeling like that it is sort of what 
works and it's worth fighting for, I guess. Um, and yeah, and I don't know, it's just like an interesting thing to explore because there's a lot of parts about monogamy that I've found, at least in my life, are not so great. So it's like, well, why don't we give this other thing a try? Yeah, yeah. There's the why not this aspect to it. Um, yeah, but then I don't know. Th there were some discussion questions. I flipped. I I did my thing, flipping ahead to the end, uh, and looked at some of her like uh, frequently asked questions. And uh, you know, one was like, okay, well, should we close our relationships when there are attachment problems? Like, what what happens when attachment problems come up? Like, how what should we do um, to mitigate those those things? Because they absolutely come up, and like poly people are not immune from like jealousy and insecurity and like feeling threatened. <laughs> um, so I, I liked that question, and um, I also liked um, her sort of like distinction between damage versus like discomfort. You know, like is there like, ha has there been like real like trust damage that is putting the relationship on the rocks um, versus like, is this a, um, is this like a sort of hump in the road, a, like a bump that you just need to like get over, like you need some time to like get over. So I don't know, I thought that was an interesting question. Um, uh, do y'all have any experience or thoughts on that? Like, what should we do when, when attachment problems arise? Should we just like close our relationships or? Specifically within non-monogamy? Yes. Um, or yeah, I mean, I feel like you're, you're, you're asking a few questions there. There's the, I mean, to the lay person, the question sounds like, don't you get jealous? And like what, when, when I hear that question fairly often, like what I'm sort of filtering that question through is what you just described. It's like, how do you better understand your own anxiety around your partner having another partner or, or something like that? To me, like, that's how I try to like refilter that a little bit. Um, you know, we kind of talk about the, the, the difference between like, you know, jealous feelings versus jealous actions. Um, and kind of, we talk a lot about the kind of trust in that, like, well, if, you, if your partner says like, they're okay with a certain like situation or setup, like you kind of have to like take their word for it, you know, and, and trust that like, if there's any, you know, rough feelings that they can either deal with it at the time, you know, or deal with it after the word, but that, you know, um, no one's no one's calling a dangerous bluff, even if there is a little bit of emotional risk involved, you know, so like, um, yeah, I guess like, um, what, sorry, what, how, what was your original framing of the question? I, I just reframed it and then didn't even answer it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm reframing her question, which originally was, should we close, like, should we close our relationships when there are attachment problems? Um, Right. And sort of reframing that as like, what, what should we do uh, in poly relationships when, you know, attachment problems come up? Like, right, right. I mean, it's probably depends on the situation. Like, 
you and I can't close our relationship, for example, because that's not how like <laughs> it started from a different place than like, mm-hmm. you know, to me, when, when, when I think of the question, should we close our relationship to work on our attachment? To me, I'm, it sounds like, like a, a monogamous couple who are in the process of opening up and then kind of have to retract or retreat, mm-hmm. you know, if there's an issue to, to a place of imagined, quote unquote, imagined safety. Yeah. One thing I love about this book is that it, it differentiates between um, um, secure structures versus secure feelings. Like right. we look at things like marriage and monogamy as being like, we, we lean on the structure of the relationship to give us security but there's plenty of secure structures that are filled with all sorts of emotional insecurity right um and one yes structure can give you some security but it's no replacement for the lived experience of being in that relationship and the, the feelings of security and that can take all sorts of different structures you can be in a in, in a secure structure and have and just overly rely on the structure of your relationship to give you security rather than the lived experience communication all that stuff um as the like true foundation of emotional security in a relationship mm-hmm. that, any of that makes sense <laughs> yeah i found that that part to be interesting i think that was the part of the book that i just uh read pretty recently um and that resonated with me a lot um especially i mean there's stuff that's come up in my life too recently of just like um remembering some parts of monogamy or like this feeling of security um that that is just like the one person or whatever but in the end uh yeah, relying on the structure too much, I think, is, I don't know, it's tricky. And I am definitely kind of a a person who bonds through experiential activities and stuff. So that kind of resonates with me. And I think, uh, like she says in the book, relying on structure too much is, and like you were talking as, as well, was like you lean on this thing that's in place, but like under that, there may be some tumultuous emotions going on or things like maybe not being dealt with which was interesting I think we were talking about earlier today how she mentions that you know polyamory at its foundation is sort of um, a little insecure or a little unstable just in its nature Um, so it can bring about uh, kind of hidden insecurities a lot of times especially when people are new to it or opening up um and that's that's you know where a lot of the work lies I think um but going to the question about what to do when that um comes up I I think I I briefly read that question today and was like oh it's I'm you know like closing a relationship to people that you're seeing or dating apps or even potentially dating I think she said and I felt a little, I don't know, because then it it feels to me like you're almost starting to lead into hierarchical stuff or like, yeah, like this is where I need to focus. So in in a way that is my primary, most important thing that I have to work on. So I'm like letting go of this to do that or this other person or people. Um, And I don't, I don't know if that felt great when I, 
yeah, thought about it that way. I think my initial reaction would be to like, maybe we should see group therapy or like, let's do a radar or like, what are some things that are coming up that we can sit down and talk about and create some like action points to figure out like what might make this feel better or is this something that's not going to go away I mean you know it, it's another reality to come to just like I don't know <laughs> yeah and and I guess by like close the relationship I I don't necessarily mean like end existing relationships but like um, sometimes it, it, it can feel like you're juggling too much at one time and you can easily, easily fall into the trap. I want to get into this topic in a minute, but like you can easily fall in the, into the trap of appeasing everyone else in the web of poly before even like checking in with yourself on like what you want. And it, it becomes this just like feedback loop of like, I, yeah, I'm checking with this person. I'm checking with this person. I just want everyone to be happy, try and balance the scales. And it's like, you, yeah, you you also have a relationship with yourself to maintain and that kind of should be the most That's important thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> i agree um but yeah yeah so like you know not necessarily like cutting off existing relationships but you know they it can come to a point where you're like hey there's some stress points coming up maybe like it would be helpful if we just like didn't date didn't bring any new relationships into the fold right now mm-hmm. um yeah is all all I was thinking of um but yeah like do y'all ever struggle with uh with no, never. other people <laughs> no. none of them. I never struggle <laughs> yeah yeah ben, Ben's enlightened and that I'm just <laughs> gliding down a slide that's been greased up. Oh my okay. god! <laughs> <laughs> He's in such a strange position oh, right now. <laughs> <laughs> you have a very secure attachment to your pet, to your cat. No, yeah. I really don't. It's very. Yeah, I, that was a joke. I know very anxious. I, I want her to love me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we all have very insecure attachments to our pets. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or vice versa. Sometimes, sometimes, some, yeah. yeah, depending on the species, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if anyone has healthy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what? Sorry, what, what was, was the question? question? <laughs> <laughs> um, I okay. This 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 leads into a really juicy topic of um, appeasing other people when there's uh-huh. like stress coming up in the relationship, and like you've yeah. got several relationships that you're like refereeing and going between (laughs) sorry i know this hits really close to home yeah Uh, it's it's on the mind it's on the mind (laughs) but i mean um like how this you know how, how do how do we like um how do we address issues like attachment issues that are coming up um while still like maintaining our own integrity there the only the uh, integrity of the of our existing relationships and everyone's autonomy you know everyone's um respecting everyone's autonomy to like make make choices for themselves and like manage their own shit (laughs) 
Big question. That's a tough one. <laughs> I feel like I am in the process of learning how to do that right now, basically. I mean, going back into... Keep talking, keep talking. Okay, into some heavy school right now. And um, yeah, I have two existing relationships. Um, and yeah, there's definitely a point at which um, the last couple of weeks, sometimes I'm feeling a little bit of burnout, mostly from my own overextending and not recognizing my energy limits and time limits like within the time that it's happening um so yeah i mean i've been trying to give fair warning to the people i'm connected to of like i I might need a little more space or time to myself and i think especially also with the changing of the seasons i'm feeling the summer energy kind of drifting away from me a little bit and my more introverted self kind of coming out and like this is important that you spend time with yourself and your dog and like get your homework done on time and 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 within that I am you know you know it's the classic thing like within taking care of yourself you're also better to present a better version of yourself to the people around you and that um can be hard to do, especially myself leaning towards being a people pleaser sometime and just like, I want everybody to be happy and like spend all the time with everybody. And saying no is definitely tricky for me sometimes without feeling bad about it, but trying to to get better. Yeah, it's a work in progress. So, so helpful to like, absorb some of that before school starts <laughs> yeah um i think it's a it's a high risk high reward scenario for mm-hmm. you know uh diplomatic you know maybe people pleasery people like like our wonderful selves because you can you know if if the boundaries aren't set in a, you know, multi-relationship structure, yeah, you're going to be like stretched like a rubber band or like spread too thin um, very easily and you will burn yourself out so easily like that. Um, on the other hand, like if it's done correctly, like for speaking personally, I feel like I've like never had a better sense of like my self, like as an independent person since I like started like, you know, seriously delving into consensual non-monogamy because it forces you, it forces you to like remove the mental framework of seeing yourself as a second half of something and instead sort of like see, and you know, I sometimes like, like mold into like the person that I'm like constantly around. And so like for someone like me, it's helpful to have like a sort of multi vantage point reference for like who I am so that I can make sure that like I don't just like morph into like into the like neuroses of the person that I like happen to be spending all of my time with because I'm I'm sure we've all had the feeling of being like totally like sucked into a relationship and losing yourself your sense of self and identity and that's horrifying it's miserable um and so like you know maybe consensual non-monogamy is a kind of like you know whiplash reflex to like make ensure that that doesn't happen mm-hmm. by sort of like being a dynamic movable piece you know within multiple different personalities frankly and sort of like seeing how you chemically react 
to that so that you can have a better sense of like, who am I really? Like, who is the person that can consistently show up and be the same person, no matter like where I am or like who I'm around so that I don't just like fall into someone else's shit, you know? (laughs) That resonates so deeply. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) My journaling game has, is on fire. You know, it's, it's never been stronger. Bragging, not even the humble brag, not humble brag. Um, yeah, no, I, and, uh, I sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's a chicken or the egg thought experiment for me where I'm like, well, have all my experiences just sort of led me to this path? Um, maybe, you know, I, I struggle with some of those issues too. And I, I feel like Polly really forces me to be honest with myself and others in a way that like, I, I don't know that I had that level before. I don't know that I was tested in the way this, that I have been, um, and hopefully, you know, risen to the challenge. Um, yeah. Uh, I was the- I was making I was making a joke on the phone to you, Fiona, last night about like d- how we should earn a different poly merit badges for okay. different situations that we bravely passed through. You know, triple gold star, triple gold star. You know, <laughs> for hanging out in a shared space. You know, with them, or you get like another like badge if you are able to like hang out in the same house with them. Oh you know, God. and it's yeah. just like all these different little challenges, right? I feel <laughs> ready for the Olympics. Party. You have achieved garden party status. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> little mini Yeah. Well, I feel like we come to our therapist with sort of like, hey, Aaron, I think. I think we're ready for like uh, for this relationship style. You know, we we can be kitchen table, Polly, right? Right. Yeah. And she's like, it's 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 your own thing. It's your own choice. You don't have that's not better or worse. Like this isn't a game. Like, no, you want to win. We have reached level ten. <laughs> it's hard to like think of it to not think of it like that. You know, sometimes. Yeah. I mean, gamify your life. I guess so. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I guess like to me, like that comes from a place of like genuine curiosity. And I I found myself explaining this in terms of like, yeah, always make sure that your curiosity is bigger than your fear. You know, no matter what situation you are in or are about to be in or anticipating being in, as long as you're curious, because you're always going to feel some manner of like unease, Mm -hmm. like, like that is unavoidable. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. um, and I like that, that this book, it freely like admits that it's not like, you're not going to reach like this Nirvana place where you're just like a superhuman, like, no, you know, um, but, but coming at it with a spirit of like openness and curiosity and uh, cause yeah, it is a pressure cooker for personal growth in a way that monogamy isn't frankly. Yeah, it is. Without, you know, without being like one's better than that. <laughs> yeah. Well, There's nothing more annoying than having people like that. <laughs> nobody's better or, or worse, but, you know, we're doing the best. Um, <laughs> we're obviously the most enlightened, but that's just yeah. the point. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, what, what, what do y'all think? Um, rather than asking, you know, what's, what's the most difficult part of Polly? What, what, what do y'all think is like the most rewarding part of being Polly? Hmm. Yeah, I think similar to what you were saying, Ben, uh, I don't know, always seeing myself as someone who has varied interests and I'm like, 
connected to so many different groups of climbing and mushroom hunting and science and poly and just all these different things that um, I find different people within those realms to connect to. Um, in that way, I think finding different partners to share different parts of myself with and to experience different activities with, um, you know, people who are much more spiritual and into astrology and tarot reading and people who are like very into ecological science and people I can climb with. And um, that for me has been very rewarding. And in that same line, um, just it's rewarding to know that I can open up to different people and kind of get my needs and wants met and not feel like I'm exhausting one person because um, that was one of my last really big monogamous relationships like codependency was a thing that I learned a lot about after we broke up <laughs> so it's been a very important growing point for me is to not put so much pressure on one single other human. And um, yeah, it's, it's definitely rewarding to know that um, even if, you know, things feel uneasy, um, I can work on that with one person while also um, knowing that that's not the only thing that's happening in my life. Um, and yeah, just the amount of communication that happens and growth like you're talking about I think it has genuinely opened up avenues of learning about myself and how I relate to and communicate to people in all walks of life through learning about polyamory which just helps all of my relationships so yeah I think it's been very rewarding and beneficial in that way yeah, I mean, it, it reminds me of um, Esther Perel was on NPR at one point um, talking about her work, which is around like relationships, not necessarily polyamorous or non-monogamous non ones, but um, she was talking about like uh, modern relationship styles and some of the stressors that arise from like putting so much on one partner. You know, it's like, give me security, give me support, give me um, like a financial partner, give me like uh, a lot, you know, give me sex, give me this, give, it, it, you're putting all of that into, into one person. And, and like, you know, not, not touting like poly over monogamy in this, in this instance, but just like, because I think even in monogamous relationships too, you need to, her point is like, you need to not put that all in one person. Like you need to disentangle to the degree where like you can find those things when you need them. Um, yeah. when, when you can't get them from somebody else. And um, this just opens up so many like uh, interesting uh, topics of like, uh, you know, put, putting, I, I think sometimes with Polly, like you can, the, the, the term Frankensteining is like <clears throat> when you sort of pigeonhole a partner and say, I go to this partner or in your mind, you're like, I go to this partner for this thing and I go to this partner for this thing. But you mm -hmm. don't sort of see them as like this dynamic like fully functioning uh connectionship that that can change and evolve and, and whatever you're just like no this is like uh this is my like fun partner and this is my serious anchor partner and this is my yeah sure. um so I, I regardless of what relationship style I, I think 
you know, a, a very early conversation I had with Ben was about like disentanglement because I thought that that was just like a super important like concept, foundational concept for all this. It was just like asking yourself like, how do I, how do I like get support from people in my life and not just partners and, and myself? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's super important. And I guess riding off of what you were talking about earlier too, I mean, coming always coming back to the the fact that even having multiple partners or this large support network of friends, um, that learning how to self-soothe and take care of myself has been something, you know, inside and outside of learning about ENM relationships that has just been so important as like especially for me the last couple years um so yeah that's another another thing that just has continued to grow and be super rewarding um yeah <laughs> that I just like looked up but there's like a, <laughs> a Pinterest board of like you know po common poly quite questions and whatnot <laughs> one was like what is your favorite form of self self-care um I like that that's you know emphasized but um yeah anyway so uh yeah closing thoughts as we wrap up um uh well, we can make this podcast hours and hours longer than it is <laughs> with, with the three of us but uh <laughs> really we'll can, we, we can we can have a part two at some point yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, I think like the biggest like thing that I've gotten out of it, like as like a benefit rather than like the, the negative thing, is just it's like really forced me to be like a better communicator across the board. And like I've noticed, other people have noticed, people who you know, it, it's it's uh, yeah, I don't know. It feels like a superpower, honestly. Sometimes <laughs> it's like. Uh, I don't know, especially if I'm like, I mean, a, a lot of it is just because like, yeah, I have spent more time than ever than I ever have in my entire life, like saturating myself in resources, education, relationship education resources. And I'm just like, well, like we all spend so much time like in school, like learning about stuff. And we, we assume that like, oh, if, if you're going to spend so much of your life doing a particular thing, you should, you know, probably know something about it whether that's like how to drive a car or like your career or um, I don't know, just all sorts of things. And I'm just like, why don't, why doesn't more focus being put on like learning how to be a better relationshiper, you know, <laughs> yeah. like literally like no, like, it just seems like people are, are out there raw dogging it. <laughs> and uh, I'm just like, wait, why hasn't any of this just like been regularized as something that like people should like be into? But it's like um, safe yeah. sex. Huh? It's like safe sex. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Can I, can I actually, can I just say one more cool thing about this book, an idea that I really, I wrote down that I wanted to, to but okay, okay. I like this concept that she brings up about the, the difference between a, um, a safe haven versus a secure base. I like love that. Mm -hmm. um, like, to me, like, a, and it's like a difference, like a, a safe haven is like, I think of a quality in which you go, go uh, towards your partner for reassurance 
you know, comfort, safety, all, all, all that stuff, you know, that, that, that you need to be like soothed, soothed and reliable and predictable and safe, right? Whereas a secure base is a qualitative foundation that you and your partner have uh, as a means to like go outward. And now you, you could go, go outward with your partner, you could go outward without your partner, but it, it's a kind of like secure base and knowing that like, you know, you're gonna go on like a date tonight and like, you're gonna explore a connection with someone else and that has nothing to do with like our connection that like, you know, you're like, like you and I are still gonna be like, okay. Or, or like, we're gonna go out and we're gonna like explore some like new, like kinky thing that's like vulnerable or like, we're going to like, it, it's basically this like, this like platform in which we can like venture out, be secure, but also explore. Whereas like a safe haven is more like, I want like safety and security and regularity and like I don't need to go on like an adventure or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that that differentiation is really uh, hit, hit home with me. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So is is one just to reiterate? Um, is one like uh, a jumping off place and one is more like grounded, like in your connection with that person with with. Yeah, like a place to come back. Yeah, to one's sort of. one's a place to come back to. The other's a place to venture from. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And you and you need both. I mean, I guess yeah. some some relationships <laughs> are more one or the other. Like I've had relationships that definitely function more as a as a uh, um, which call it as a safe haven, mm-hmm. but didn't really feel like a secure base to sort of explore other things. Interesting. Have that kind of trust. That is inherent in the secure base um yeah but whereas like i think the ideal relationship should be a fusing of the two especially in a non-monogamy yeah a good balance of the two for sure i mean because i always feel like you have to have some sort of a solid foundation to jump off mm-hmm. from too but yeah like you say having the security to come back to and you're maybe experiencing insecure moments is definitely something to uh appreciate to rely on as well yeah and you can you can totally like tangent um from just like exploring other partners to exploring other interests exploring other places i don't explore yeah just all the all the things that you know you're going to go through in life all the changes mm-hmm. oh the places you will go mm-hmm. uh-huh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the garden parties you will attend <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah well you said is it anything, is there anything all of us want to like leave leave with like a, a c- conclusive thought not a conclusive thought but any just random thought <laughs> i intend to finish this book at some point <laughs> me too yeah hopefully soon um yeah and uh you know, I, I, you know, I, I do want to get to the point where it really sort of, you know, part three is where, as Ben said, like you, you delve into like getting the skills to create this, this secure and satisfying relationship. Um, and so I uh, look forward to reading that part. And, um, you know, it was funny. I was like searching, I was Googling earlier, like poly secure discussion groups and there have been a lot actually like organized on through Facebook and Eventbrite and all these all these things so there's there's a lot of interest and people seemed really like stoked about this book they were like ah this is so cool like I I totally want to join this discussion group so um 
and they actually they had a workbook I saw some comments saying like they have a workbook coming out this fall actually that goes mm-hmm. along with this so for the the workbook savvy which I feel like our whole relationship has been like one one long workbook set of workbook <laughs> pages wow <laughs> yeah, what an indictment <laughs> that totally like I brought up like <laughs> that I've been like I feel like the whole relationship is one is one big crossword puzzle that I can't figure out. <laughs> as for my last in. email, could we complete page twelve by next week? <laughs> one never-ending check-in. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I guess I keep reminding myself that like a lot of things in life, uh, like meditation or anything, it it is a practice. You know, and like you alluded to earlier, I don't think it's this place that you suddenly get to and you're like, I'm poly secure from now on with everybody else forever. (laughs) It's just, it takes a lot of work and it's, it's good. I mean, I find myself going back through and reading the material and listening to multi-amory podcasts again and again, like the Triforce of the Communication until I'm like, yeah, this, this like, really makes sense in my brain and I can like practice it in my everyday life and put it to use. Comes in in handy during uh, tough moments for sure to be able to pull on like, hey, well, I was reading this thing and this really relates. Or I just send Ben a podcast episode and say, please listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep. Uh, You got to be willing to do your homework. And mm-hmm. it, it's a definitely something that I like really newly value now in, in any relationship. You love time. homework. It, well, just like being, <laughs> being into like the resources, you know, and cause there's so many resources out there, despite there not being that many resources out there for, for poly people. There actually kind of is a lot. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So go out there. And also, yeah, what you brought up Harry about like, zen and the art of relationships it has yeah. never been a more powerful tool than when you need it in consensual non-monogamy <laughs> going into a situation knowing that like i might be triggered you know by something by hearing something and like having like a kind of like zen security about not like you know identifying too much with your thoughts and feelings and let them sort of pass through you i mean that is essential to surviving in consensual non-monogamy uh, as well as having a, a little bit of a sense of humor, which I like to inject <laughs> into any of these discussions, because like, come on, this is a objectively ridiculous situations that we're in a lot. So, <laughs> so here, you heard it first. <laughs> At least you know, looking through the mononormative, you know, hetero lens of society, which everyone else yeah. imposes. On which it. everyone else imposes. <laughs> yeah. Looking at it through those lens, it's like, holy shit! Like, <laughs> how do you do? You that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, like, you did what? <laughs> you hung out with what? <laughs> like, yeah, our, we just called that sleeping around. Yeah. <laughs> our, our next episode will. I be saw my partner Jack punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll, protect we'll, honor. we'll talk about uh, common poly misconceptions on our next episode. And, I would actually um, love that. And we'll play a drinking game too. Like, uh, I'm oh, never yes. jealous. I've never gotten jealous in my entire life. That's why I'm poly. Yeah, we'll, we'll play three truths <laughs> yeah. or two truths and a lie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, cool. All yeah, right. Well, much more to talk about. Yeah. Thank you so much, Harry, for joining. This was great. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I, yeah, it's fun talking with y'all about this stuff.
Yeah, I think you pressed the the end record button, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Because I, I can't, I don't, I think. Signing off, signing off. I'm going to just stop recording. <laughs>